Federal Reserve raising by 25 basis points to a new range of 4.5 to 4.75. This is the eighth straight hike by the Federal Reserve since March, up by a quarter to 4.5 4.75. The Federal Reserve sees ongoing increases as appropriate. So that phrase that some thought might come out remains in. The Fed is still en route to a level it calls a sufficiently restrictive level of the funds rate. One little bit of dovish commentary here says inflation has eased somewhat. However, it says it still remains elevated. Any dissent, Steve? That, that's a pretty big deal that they left that in unanimous. the word ongoing. Wow. Yeah, they left in ongoing means they have more to go. Uh, I guess that's pretty clear. Uh, and they're not backing off anyway. This idea of going to it, what they call a sufficiently restrictive level, which tells you that they don't feel like they're there yet. Right. And as we can imagine, Steve, thank you. We'll, we'll come back to you in just a moment. Uh, markets are reacting about as poorly as you might expect. Although we were all saying all week long, we're probably bracing for a hawkish surprise. You can see uh, stocks taking a leg lower and bond yields perking up a bit. Here at Rudford's Diner in North Park, the cost of cooking just went up almost 400%. Uh, so just gas. Gas alone went from uh, $2,200 a month. Uh, projected as $8,200 a month currently. It's absolutely crazy. How can we do this at 400% increase? At a time when California's climate change politicians are trying to eliminate natural gas altogether, it is a little suspicious why the price would suddenly triple or quadruple. Mika, that's absolutely right. According to three sources familiar with this matter, FBI uh, agents, as we speak, are searching President Biden's Rehoboth Beach home for classified documents. This comes, of course, after there have been a discovery of a number of batches of documents at his think tank here in Washington and also at his home in Wilmington, Delaware. But all of a sudden... Blue-collar workers, all the guys that grew up with in Claymont, Scranton, they vote Republican. Not a joke. What's happened? I think a lot of it because they don't think we care. We're not paying attention. The deficit in four, went up four years in a row, accounting for 40 percent of the entire 200 years of debt. You hear me? No president added more to the debt in four years than my president. I, I misspoke. 25% of our country's entire debt. All right, President Biden warning about the real threat facing humanity, and it's got nothing to do with nuclear warfare. In a closed-door event in New York City, it was a fundraiser, Biden telling the donors, quote, if we don't stay under 1.5 degrees Celsius, we're going to have a real problem. It's the single most existential threat to humanity exactly. we have ever faced, including nuclear weapons. So true. And so we have a real big problem. We have a real big guest. Fox News contributor uh, Douglas Murray joins us right now. Douglas, uh, so he was behind the scenes, a closed door, talking to his base. Yeah. And he was saying exactly what they wanted to hear. Hey, climate change is bigger than anything else, so keep it going, Mr. President. Uh, yes, uh, bigger as long as it's just the latest crisis. Because remember, in this country, as across the world, we've been staggering from alleged crisis to crisis in recent years. We've had you know, the COVID crisis, we have the financial crisis, we have the cost of living crisis and so on. And then, you, then whenever we sort of haven't got an imminent crisis, always the left say, we've got the climate crisis. I didn't come to Congress to be silent. I came to Congress to be their voice. And my leadership and voice will not be diminished if I am not on this committee for one term. My voice will get louder and stronger, and my leadership will be celebrated around the world as it has been. So take your vote or not. I am here to stay, and I am here to be a voice against harms around the world and advocate for a better world. I yield back. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first, so I uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year, so I uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors, uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream.
can change a thing. Love you all. I learned everything I know about how to be a good father from Joe Biden. He is the best father I know and the best role model I know. And along the way, he's taught me a thing or two about politics and policy as well. <laughs> Judge, on the far end, uh, tell, tell me what Article 5 of the Constitution does. Article 5 is not coming to mind at the moment. ATF, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. In Western Colorado, we call that a fun weekend. But DC bureaucrats have used this agency to infringe on the rights of the American people. And welcome back to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number 118 here on Thursday, February 2nd. I am your co-host, Tom Pyle. And I'm Gavin Newsom. <laughs> who is who is fixated, fixated, fixated on Ron DeSantis, fixated on the governor of Florida, which is as weird opposed to addressing his own problems at his beautiful, beloved Golden State. Well, so, what can I tell you? So old Powell raised rates again, trying to lick that inflation. What do you think? How, how do you think things are going out in the in the world of of macroeconomics these days, Mr. McKenna, what's your what's your pro, what is your uh, prediction? Are we gonna are we gonna see these uh, rates come down anytime soon? No, all the experts tell us we're not in a recession, but everybody thinks we're in a half the voters think we're in a recession. I, I'm kind of curious to see what the political campaigns do with that because it's very difficult to say. The experts tell us we're not in a recession. Everything's great when people are like, "That's funny. I don't feel great." So. No, I, I don't. Well, think... I, I would say that it would sh reflect in, in their voting patterns, but it didn't seem we'll to eventually get to it. I mean, we're running, we're still running inflation at six, seven percent a year annually. It's still, it's still cutting through the economy and destroying stuff. Right. Yeah. Treasury put out something that I, I still can't quite figure out. They they put out a, a press release the other day. Say, hey, real GDP in the fourth quarter was two point nine percent on an annualized basis. I'm like. Real GDP, real GDP. You mean like when you adjust it for inflation? Because that means like the GDP would have had it grown by ten percent, basically. I'm like, I don't think that's the way it happened. Yeah, I, I think I, we're dealing with some fuzzy math. I, I'm going to go back and do w. some. Bush. Yeah, I'm going to go back and do some analysis on that because I'm like, that can't be right. Do you remember the 2000 debate with Gore and uh, yes. and Bush? Yeah, where where Al Gore was putting everything in a lockbox. That was a, and W had said, there he goes again with that fuzzy math. <laughs> Strategery. So, Still the funniest. Anyway, there, there's talk about uh, all these things. And then there's, like you said, Mike, how real people feel and the pain that they feel. And so, uh, you know, that's that to me is more of a, uh, that's more of the measure of the economy than, than the yeah. stuff that these talking heads are yakking about. Natural gas prices up 400% in California. Yeah, I don't get why, cause cause coming out of Henry Hub, it's like was it two bucks this morning, two fifteen. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know what that's all about unless it's price gouging those evil companies. Well, here's the other choice, right? Somebody somebody screwed up. The I'm just I, I, I'm being facetious, by the way. I, I was just I was just joking. I'm <laughs> just joking. Somebody, I bet you somebody screwed up their hedges. I bet you that. I guess the only thing I can think of. I'm like, I I realized when they were buying this stuff, it was four bucks, but it wasn't like eighty bucks. Yeah, that's probably may, maybe what happened. But also, I mean, you know, uh, the article was kind of mishmashy, but uh, the we'll get into this in the into the topics. But, you know, this is real. This is a real thing. Like the certain certain pressure groups and certain uh, political parties want to put these uh, these resources to bed. They, they don't want the, to use them. And it's just it. This 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 level at at the state and federal level, uh, plus the pressures with DSG and everything else, you 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 got the markets the the folks who participate in that market have to be. It's not it's not as straightforward anymore like it used to be. That's so right. and natural gas prices have always been the most volatile of all, which is what I've kind of warned about in the in the past about putting all our, our electricity eggs in a natural gas basket so 
Pipelines, transmission lines, essential, absolutely essential. If yeah, you imagine, that's right. I, if you imagine you're going to have an energy transition, you got to build pipelines and transmission lines. Presidential nominee Joe Manchin is going to fix that with his permitting reform. I, you know, so. it, it. You know, the good news is. The good news is, is that the House Committee on Resources is going to mark up the first permitting bill. So we're going to see that in the end of the end of March, the next six, seven weeks. Yeah, we'll get into resources too. The, the, the circus that is the Resources Committee I'm coming look, up here. I'm looking uh, to so see what Biden, the Trillion Trees guy can do. There apparently there are now potentially documents in Biden's Rehoboth Beach home. Hmm. Well, did they find anything? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they're uh, they're still looking or or what. But, I don't uh, know. I don't know. You know. So you, you got stuffed in the garage uh, at home. You got stuff in the quote think tank at at your beloved university where Joe Biden was a professor. True. For how many years? He wasn't a professor. <laughs> now you got him at the beach house. He never so. taught a class. Yeah, they're but, gonna but have the to... good thing is, is he's co fully cooperating, and and unlike President Trump, he's handling it much better. So, really, yeah, that's well, that's what the media tells us. So, I mean, all the all the Trump documents were in one place in one room. I, yes. I had this conversation with a friend of mine who's a CEO of a foreign company last night, and. You know, she said, well, it was far worse for Trump. I'm like, how do you know? Well, because there were more documents. I'm like, you don't know that. Right. We don't know that. And we don't know. Well, what... we saw the picture and of we don't... all those documents. Oh, those guys, right you know, you know. The, 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 whatever. I don't even get me started on the FBI. But, you know, the thing is, we don't know how many documents, either number or size, uh, are in the Biden take, and we have no idea about classification or importance either with either set. So for I wonder anybody... why that is. Oh, probably because it's bad. I imagine. So, I imagine that, if they were there are fairly. No, wait, what? How come that information hasn't been leaked? Well, first off, you can't really. You don't really. You can't really tell people what the classification well, level. Of well, the we know is. that uh, President Trump uh, was holding classified documents that were tied to the nuclear. Oh yeah, codes. We, we don't actually know that. And our nuclear way. arsenal. We don't actually know that, by the way. And just so uh, you know, but that's what the media told us. Yeah, that that was a my. Very, I, I got to go back and read it. My guess is that was a probably thinly sourced thing because it hasn't been repeated more than once or twice. I'm getting to I'm getting to despise everybody in this conversation. I really am. <laughs> this is becoming the new COVID for me. Right, right, right. Okay, so Biden. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess he admitted that the Democrats are losing the working class in droves uh, at his at little. Uh, rally uh his fundraising rally in new york yeah no joke um, it's no joke tom no joke so these guys uh, who these guys claim on in scranton they're voting for republicans now it's no joke because <laughs> we're not listening to them anymore no you're listening to them you're just not doing anything for them. right exactly because they don't pay you as much as the other folks you know what we need you know what we need to do we need to give 250 billion dollars to intel and the other chip makers that'll that'll oh, yeah. that'll that'll bring the blue collar folks back yeah, let's do that. Let's do a little more industrial policy, see how that goes. Apparently, he also uh, gave some red meat to his New York donors by telling them that uh, global warming is a greater threat than nuclear annihilation. So we got that going for us here in this country, which is nice. Boy. Uh, this is just... No comment? What, do you, what can you say, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, at a certain point, you're just like... These people are idiots. But I love the Fox, uh, the Fox piece because whenever you want to like s have something sound really smart, just put a guy with an accent up, like a British guy. Niles, somebody named Nigel or Niles or something <laughs> like that. You know, and it's always at the All end right. of it. You know, I'm I'm Niles Johnson reporting from Jakarta for the BBC, and you're just like, oh boy. House House Republicans, a dark day on the floor of the House, are booting Elon Omar from the um, yeah. Foreign Affairs Committee, and yeah. boy, oh boy, uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to break with my orthodoxy here and say that I agree. This shouldn't have happened. This is a bad thing. This happened. This happened back in February of 2021, and I wrote a column about it then when they kicked. 
Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar off their committees. I'm like, this is a bad precedent. And the Republicans are without a doubt going to do it as soon as they get in charge. And they did it. Yep. And it's a bad, bad, bad precedent. Yeah. And I won't be very long, I I think, before, uh, and I think we may have touched on this in the past, before the Judiciary Committee asks for Joe Biden's tax documents. Yeah. And that's a bad thing, too. And although the right. funny thing is, by the way, after after getting the Trump tax documents, if you notice, we haven't heard a word about those no, damn things for I, like two months now. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it just kind of like fizzled, right? And, and like I, those... it, I think it's because of what I told you when it happened or we talked about, right, that this thing is so complicated. Those things are so complicated. It would take an army of accountants 10 years to figure out, right? Right. All right. Um it, Tom it, Brady is finally calling it quits, ladies and gentlemen. I thought he retired last year. After a uh, very um, didn't he retire last questionable year? performance in his most recent <laughs> he, playoff. He, uh, oh, look. I mean. Uh, hey, for, I, you know, I'm a Bills fan. He was our, he was, a, you know, he was my nightmare. But I thought you would appreciate this tweet. It came from, I think Matt Vespa wrote an article. From over at um, Town Hall. Yeah. And the, the headline for the article is Tom Brady, who the New York Giants beat twice in the Super Bowl, yep. is finally retiring. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I saw that tweet, I thought of you. It's too bad. I mean, I, look, I, I, I'm still not sure. First off, I, I don't I don't not like him. I don't like him. I don't really care about him one way or the other. Right. But he's like a little cautionary tale for our society, right? This is a guy who literally gave up his family to play football. So anyways, bye-bye uh, Brady, but we'll see a lot of him because apparently he inked oh. a pretty exclusive lucrative deal with Fox. So uh, he's going to be yakking on all the channels. Um, you know what we're going to find out? Klain. Ron Klain, um, as we, we've discussed, is departing, has departed. He's left. The White he's House. out of the building. Uh in a in a teary tribute to President Biden, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> can I ask you a question? I want to, this is a serious question. This is something I've been I've been I've been this is something I've been talking to my family about for the last couple of weeks. When the hell did it get to be acceptable for grown men to cry in public? Now Boehner, remember Boehner? Uh, Boehner is a blubbering fool. He's an embarrassment to himself. And yes, all you Boehner staffers that inhabit this town, call me up. Go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably um, either that or we'll edit it out. One no, you're not going to edit. So. You know what? Come on the show. Come on the show if you have something to say about John Boehner, about how crying makes him less manly. Anyway, when did it become acceptable for grown men to cry in public? You know, when I was growing up, you were allowed to well, cry. Well, uh, Brady got a little choked up towards the end of his About quitting world. football, for God's sake. Look, I want to live in an America where men are allowed to cry in public for two reasons and two reasons only, just two. The death of their mother. The death of a family member. I'll take any family member. The death of a family member and the death of a pet. That's it. That's it. You're not allowed to cry about a football game or how you were tired <laughs> or how you had to step aside from being White House chief of staff. I mean, Mulvaney walked out. When I was there, Mulvaney walked out the door like, yeah, whatever. Peace out, bitches. It wasn't. This country is really slowly going to hell, and it's being led there by men. I'd like to well, blame somebody else, but it's adult right, males well, who are leading us. Yeah, it's partially that. There's a lot of other things involved, but we will not be able to solve that <laughs> it's, in, in it's our so beautiful men. unregulated did, did you, By the way, did you hear what? Did you did you see what Clean said on the way out the door? I don't know what the. Clip, uh, I mean, I caught most I, of it. I don't but know what the clip part. Do you, he said he learned everything he knew about being a dad. From no, that's what I what I just played. Oh, was was that the clip? That's classic. <laughs> yeah, he said, I knew. I, I'm, oh, I, I was can, like, wow. How can you even? I was just it. It staggers the imagination. You could actually say a line like that with the guy standing right behind you. Um. Okay. So, do you know what Article Five is of the United States Constitution? Oh, the John Kennedy thing. Uh, no, actually, I don't. Uh, amendment? Is it the amendment process? Article 5 describes the process for altering the Constitution. Yeah, the amendment process. I win. Well done, sir. 
And she also gagged on two, right? Yep. And what is two? Do you know? Yeah, two is that least important branch of government, the United States Congress. Nope. The executive, the United States. That's Constitution right. They started off with the least establishes important. Establishes the executive branch of the federal government, and also the electoral college, and among, among other things. So all executive uh, powers. First sentence. Now, I, I I have to admit, I would probably not be able to recall that off the top of my head, but I'm also not being nominated for a <laughs> federal federal judgeship. judgeship. Well, as you can tell, I I couldn't get, I couldn't, I can't, I can't ever remember which one and two is. Five is a little bit tough to remember too, but I got it. Senator, Senator Kennedy, uh, once again, he's, he's pretty good up there. It's pretty good. You can tell he used to be a Democrat because he's just good at this stuff. Absolutely. So uh, our final clip of the week, our good, good friend, Lauren Boebert described how alcohol, tobacco, and firearms are a fun weekend in Western Colorado, but the Bureau is, of course, running roughshod off, off over our uh, our constitutional freedoms, et cetera, et cetera. I thought that was a fun little clip. And a great little segue uh, to the um, announcement. Yeah. The announcements. The first yes. announcement is AOC on natural resources. Now, Bobert, of course, is also on natural resources. So you think you think there's the the fix was in there with AOC wanting to get on that committee? And 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 literally like no one should care, but it is literally so that they can they can help yeah, provide fodder for their Twitter feed. I was right? gonna say go at each other. Yeah, you know it's so it's going to be a circus with well, those two. It's funny. You know, I had the same thought, except uh, in a slightly larger sense. And you and I have talked about this before. Um, members used to want to get on committees. To so, do stuff. So they could raise money and because they cared about the issues. And it, it, sometimes in reverse order, sometimes in that order. I'm starting to wonder if members aren't getting on committees for the Twitter feed and the and the um, for the Twitter well, feed and the money. And not yeah, well, that's how they raise money now, right? They get lots of little dollars. They, they, but but I mean, how many people in in AOC's district care about what House Resources does? Nobody, except she, you know, she can do the climate thing, and then also, you know, like I said, have clips for her Twitter feed. So I guess whatever her little chats. Uh, Happy 69th birthday to Christy Brinkley. Oh. Yeah. Christy Brinkley, 69 years old today. And man, we did we not love her when we were younger, younger men I, who didn't cry. I preferred, yeah, <laughs> so, seriously. I preferred uh, Kathy Ireland myself. Uh, Kathy Ireland, especially, who Heather, the Heathers, remember Heather Thomas and Heather Locklear. Sure, so. Especially after it became obvious that Christy Brinkley wasn't quite on the center beam. How about if we say it that way? Uh, on the, well, cent- anyway. on the center let's, beam of, men- let's, of mental let's health. Let's just wish her a happy, happy Happy birthday. Right? Happy and birthday. Did she marry Bill, Billy Joel for a while too, right? I think so. he was like number, wife number, he, he was husband number three, and I believe she was wife number three for him. Third time, not, not, not exactly a charm. All right, so we had a little <laughs> something for everyone today on this Groundhog Day, also known as Bill Murray Day these days. Puxatani Phil says six more weeks for winter. Yeah. But as Phil Kirpin pointed out, Dunkirk Dave said that we're in for an early spring. So I'm sorry, can the I ask- groundhogs cancel each other out this year? Can I ask who the hell Dunkirk Dave I don't know, might he's be? Some, you know, Dunkirk, Dunkirk Dave. He's the he's the other in Dunkirk, that, New York. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Groundhogs, by the way, just just for some uh, uh, historical reference, groundhogs live about six years. So uh, <laughs> short lives for those guys, and they spend about half of it sleeping. Uh, but anyway. Huh. Sounds familiar. All right. Um, this day in history, I'm going to rattle through these because I think we we, uh, we you, covered a lot of ground you, you already. Think you think I'm going to know some of them? Go ahead. Eight, this No, you're not going to guess. Okay. Well, you'll guess one. It's pretty straightforward. 1848 on this day, 1848. 1848. Uh, and I, I will James, give you a hint. James Fulton. Uh, it had it had to do with the settling of territorial dis- territorial disputes, disputes uh, along the southern border. We bought the, the Gadsden Purchase from Mexico. 
No, uh, we uh, we the the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo was signed on this day. Oh, after sure, the War of eighteen forty six. I'm yeah, sorry, which to, killed, yeah, yeah. Uh, which put an end to the Mexican American War. Um, James K. Polk, of course, uh, uh, Ten- Tennessee's father was uh, sort of the instigator of of said uh, conflicts. Polk, by the way, also settled the northern border, so he was a land grabber. Good for him. He took uh, basically Texas, California, Nevada, Utah, New Mexico, Arizona, parts of Colorado, parts of Wyoming. And then if you add his uh, northern settlement, he picked up a good chunk of Washington uh, and Montana and Wyoming as well. Can I break out for one, two, can I break out for a quick observation here? Of course. Many, many, many people in Mexico vote with their feet every day and have now for 50 years to come into the land that James Polk put together. If yes, if, if if we had had a plebiscite in Mexico 50 years ago, how many of them would have? How many of those states in Mexico would have voted to join the United States? A bunch. I don't know. A bunch. Go ahead. Next day. Next time. So you're next. saying we could have avoided even more casualties. By the way, I, I don't. I'm just. <laughs> I I'm, I'm just to bring I'm, this up. I'm just saying. But everybody... Lincoln was was actually involved in all of this too. Uh, Lincoln. Uh, on what side? Uh, he was in was favor. Teamed of... up with Taylor on the other side of the of the coin. He wanted to um, what? Leave the give the land to the Mexicans. No, he didn't think that. He thought it was uh, uh, unconstitutional. Ironically unnecessary and expensive to invade somebody yeah huh so kind of strange again what happened 13 years later yeah sorry mike i couldn't help it all right 1876 1876 on this day on this day uh the tilden hayes thing was finally settled in favor of uh, rutherford b hayes no better and more fun uh in on this day the national league of professional baseball clubs oh was formed, also known uh, commonly now as the National League. So the American League of Professional Baseball Clubs was founded in 1901, uh, some decades later. Uh, And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the birth of the Major League Baseball franchise, 1876. Winner, 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 chicken dinner. Uh, another 18, 1887, because it is February 2nd. 1887? Yes, sir. Uh, James Garfield gets shot. No, sorry. <laughs> this was the first Groundhog Day in America at uh, Gobbler's Knob. Okay. In Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. Yeah. I, this is This may be my least favorite bit of Americana, this whole... Puxatawney Phil thing. And I've done it. I mean, I was out there one year. It's cold. They drank a lot. They drank yeah, a lot. Yeah. So according to this day in history, uh, Groundhog Day had its roots in the ancient Christian tradition of Candlemas. Candlemas. Yeah. This is- uh, When clergy would bless and distribute ca- candles needed for the winter. The candles represented how long and cold- the winter would be, and Germany, of all people, expanded it by selecting an animal, the hedgehog, as a means of predicting the weather. And when the Germans settled in Pennsylvania, they looked around, couldn't find a hedgehog, so they found a groundhog. I'm sorry. And there we have it. I'm sorry. The they, first they, Groundhog Day. I'm sorry. And they, boy, they, do I almost wish it never happened. I, I so. definitely wish it didn't happen. I'm sorry. It, is somebody trying to pin, like, Pugs Tony Phil on the Catholics? Because <laughs> that that that's not that's not what Candlemas is like. Golly, people are just what hopeless. It is the feast of the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, it is a tradition that the candles get blessed at the first mass of each day. It's also at each mass, the first mass in each parish on February second. It's also a tradition that the churches um, remain unlit until the candles are. Uh, blessed and then lit, and it's a really uh, pretty, very pretty thing if you've ever seen it. Um, and the idea that somehow we're responsible for like involving a rodent in it, uh, I'm gonna have to be a hard no. Yeah, we might have to write to that, we're gonna have to get them to edit that citation. All right, so uh, two more quick ones in 1971, 
This is in Africa. Uh, a a a very bad man assumed power, took power in Uga- Uganda. Idi Amin. Idi Amin, baby. <laughs> 300,000 responsible for the murder of as many as oh. 300,000 of his fellow countrymen. Boy. It, wow. And, and received asylum in Saudi Arabia. Where he passed away on August 16th, 2003, after a decades-long reign of terror uh, in his home country and was never never stood trial for any of his crimes. So, uh, And then in 1980, unless you got anything to say about that. No, than, no, it's, what's yeah. to say? In 1980, uh, this is fun, App Scam Operation Revealed. Remember App Scam? Sure, man. When the FBI came in and did some undercover stuff, posed as an Arab, uh, uh, Arab uh, Sheik uh, Abdul Enterprises, etc. Now, I only bring this one up because if you have you seen American Hustle, I have. It's a great movie. That is a great film. I, I, if you haven't seen it, I recommend it highly. It's a great hundred percent all star cast: Christian Bale, Christian Bale, Amy Adams, yeah, yeah. Jennifer Lawrence, and Jeremy Renner, who's recovering from his snowplow accident. Snowplow. Yeah, anything, uh, anything with Christian Bale, and it's worth seeing. And this is it's doubly true for American Hustle. Indeed, indeed, American Hustle, folks, go out and uh, down download. All right. Uh, Gas stove. Let's let's hit the topics here. Gas stoves. This was from Bloomberg. Yeah, Ari uh, yesterday. Yeah, Ari Natter. Uh, Ari, our friend Ari Natter wrote, "Gas stoves back under scrutiny with new U.S. limits proposed." the The Energy Department published rules Wednesday to set first of their kind limits on energy consumption for the stoves drawing fear from the industry that the regulation could effectively end the use of some products from the market. The proposal sets energy use standards for uh, electric cooktops and uh, as well. Uh, and this is coming off of the week where uh, the U S consumer product safety commission floated the trial balloon about banning gas stoves and to which the uh, industry, uh, the administration walked, you know, kind of walked it back a little bit. Everybody so. did. All everybody in the left. No, no, no. We're not trying to ban any stoves. We're not even ten days later, and here we are. We are not. And then uh, this was just this was just today. In fact, apparently, uh, two presidential aspirants, because uh, that's what I'm calling Mansion from now now on until he either runs for president to flame out uh, or retires. Uh, they're introducing legislation today to ensure gas stoves are not banned. Here, here's a clip from the senator himself. For this important discussion, I just wanted to mention one last thing unrelated to our hearing topic today. Gas, and I report, repeat, gas stoves have been in the news lately, and I've come out strongly against the Consumer Product Safety Commission pursuing any ban of gas stoves. In fact, I'm introducing legislation today with Senator Cruz that would ensure that they don't. And separately, sending a letter to the commission with Senator Langford seeking clarification about the commission's sudden desire to conduct an RFI on gas stoves. So if Senator Manchin was a reader of Ari Natter at Bloomberg, he would have added the Department of Energy to his legislation. Yeah. Perhaps an amendment is in the future. Yeah, it, it it's pretty... I give the other side full credit. They were basically caught with their hand in the cookie jar, and they're like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And two weeks later, they pick up the offensive right where they left off. This is We've talked about this. This is exactly what they do. Yeah. Right? This is how they get bad stuff done. They just keep, they just keep gnawing at it. They're, they're, All right, here, not to be outdone, of course, uh, uh, and too much to the ire of Gavin Newsom, Ron DeSantis had something to say about all of this. And then we just added, because I think it needs to be done, uh, no tax permanently on gas stoves. They want your gas stove, and we're not going to let that happen. And we're not even a state. The way Florida was built, a lot of this wasn't even connected to gas lines. You got a lot of electric stuff. But it's just the principle of 
you know, this is ridiculous that they, and they do want to go after it. They got blowback, so they kind of had to back off. They want to go after the gas stoves. And so we're saying, you know, we want you to be able to buy those uh, uh, free of charge from, from the state of Florida uh, for taxes. Tax-free gas stoves in the free state of Florida. Um, yeah, people's gas should be all over that. I wonder if they're going to. I just think it's funny that. Uh, yeah, man. It, you know, it's like. He's good. He just he knows how to wedge. I don't think know? the president said anything about gas stoves so far. President Trump. It's, no, I, I'm not sure he has. Uh, he might have, though. I'm not paying as much attention to him lately. So hush now. You he needs get to get back on trouble. Twitter. <laughs> get yourself in trouble. Uh, the uh, uh, the uh, but he did point out the irony, of course, is that virtually no one has a gas stove in Florida. So yeah, I think you know I used to have this number down because I used to actually work for People's Gas, which is the main gas company in Florida. I want to say they only have like a half a million customers, something like that. It's not a big number. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, any other energy stuff? From you, you got some. You got any any energy topics you'd like to bring up this week? Mm, not that I can think of. All right, uh, let's volley. Anything else from you? Yeah, I want to talk about the advanced manufacturing tax credit and student loans for ten seconds. If you got the time. Uh, well, a, yeah, let's do that, and then I've got a couple more, and then we can probably get out of here. All right, the advanced manufacturing tax credit, as you all know, is included in the uh, Inflation Act. And uh, it essentially gave tax credits for companies to build facilities for batteries and electric vehicles and things like that. There was a story in Axios um, yesterday, I want to say. So that'd be what, Wednesday? Wednesday? That said, hey, the original score on that was about $35 billion over 10 years. Yeah, they went back and rescored it because that's apparently a really popular tax credit just in the first couple of months. They now scored it about $135 billion. So it's gone up about four times in about four months. Um, and we are at the front edge of this, this tsunami of having to give money to a bunch of fairly well-heeled companies. General Motors is in the story, so I haven't independently verified it. General Motors said that the tax credit is worth as much as 5500 bucks per vehicle. I don't know about you. There's me. I don't really feel like giving General Motors fifty five hundred bucks per car that they're going to turn around and sell to somebody else. I mean, at what well, you know, at what point do we just go ahead and nationalize these guys? Well, I think we're. I mean, I think a lot of companies are would like to the best of both worlds, where they pretend that they're not nationalized, but they just keep getting all this money shoveled into their pockets. But it was interesting that they just started lowering the price of some EVs. Um, yeah, hmm. at the same time, yeah, it, uh, ironically, yeah, it, it's kind of so it's a and, shame, and yet the, the price of ice vehicles that people are buying went up again, so yeah, they're getting paid by the government to discount EVs for us purchasers, uh, and then well, who the, the few that there are, um. But they're still jacking up the price of the cars people are buying, so they're pocketing that money as well, and and they're just continuing this charade of of producing vehicles that nobody, yeah, they're, they're, almost nobody wants to buy except the federal government wants to see the so. numbers of vehicles per um uh produced go up and up and up and up. So yeah, it, 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 um, the market distortions in energy and in, and vehicle now vehicles and electricity, all these, all these things is just, it's over. It, it's overwhelming at this point. Like there's right. no such, there's no free market. That's right. For, for um, these things anymore. It's gone. And along the, um, along the same lines, but in a different track, not energy, but similarly related. Right. Um, I think it was the New York Post. I'd have to look. Maybe the Free Beacon. Um, I picked up a study. I can't remember who it was, uh, but it showed that um, it showed that the student loan cancellation policies of of, of we shouldn't call it cancellations. The policy of the Biden administration to transfer the cost of student loan debt from the people who people who um, took it to taxpayers at large is also going to be about three times bigger than. 
they had anticipated. The original score on that was like 120 billion. It's now like 360 billion. I expect there's going to be a lot of this stuff going on in the next three or four years. You know, when you start giving out free money, stuff like this happens. It's it's um it's all bad. Last thing on let's go back to EVs for 10 seconds, right? I said this last week, I'll say it again. I'm going to write something about this. It turns out it was University of California at Davis that did a study that said, "Hey, the practical effect of us not being able to mine or access mined um, materials for EVs and batteries um, means that we're going to be able to build many, many fewer cars in the future. I'll get you some numbers, and I'll put that in a column here in the next week or so, and we'll talk about it next week. But it's something that bears watching because I think the dark part of me thinks that's the purpose of the whole exercise is to get people out of cars. No. Oh, yeah, well, sure. Absolutely. I mean, it's not really a joke. I mean, secret. Not a joke. It's not, it's not, it's not a joke. You look at the policies in, you know, urban areas and stuff like that. It's the same difference, right? They're, yes. sh they're shrinking lanes. Um, they're, you know, making it more and more and more difficult to drive in cities and, and also park in cities. What? So, so that you, what get so tired and frustrated about it that you don't bother doing it. And, and then what are your alternatives, right? You take the Metro. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a nice segue to this little doozy. Yeah, man. I knew you were going there. That's why I, that's why I teed it up for you. <laughs> Metro employee killed while trying to stop man shooting at DC commuters. The witness said the gunman muttered, I'm the killmonger before entering the station and firing several shots. Um, Police said the gunman appeared to select his victim randomly uh, near the end of the morning rush hour. The attack started on a metro bus traveling from Maryland and ended underground on the platform of the Potomac Avenue station. Now, we were chatting anecdotally uh, last week about the fact that when I took the metro the other day, um, I witnessed a... A, a young girl uh, jumped the stall and I watched uh, nobody do or say anything about it. Yeah. And then I did a little research and found out that that is not only uh, no longer a rare event, but it is quite common. In fact, it is uh, increasing dramatically. And the, uh, there was one, uh, metro um whatever those guys are that sit in those little kiosks that said it's none of my business station attendance which makes you right. wonder what they're attending so i mean that this is this is crazy town and also i was sitting uh and i was standing in one of the cars and this young young man was bragging about his stash of weed and pulled it out and started playing with it in his hand and you know offering his counter uh his companion uh, a good whiff of the of the rather skunky version of the stuff so uh, this is yeah this is how this is how s these things you know start not start but this is like this well, is where we're at now in dc on the way to the office the entire real estate at, at mcpherson square is tense yeah well, I mean, you know, the thing about Potomac Avenue is Potomac Avenue is about 10 blocks from the Capitol. And you're not talking about someplace that's far out there. Those 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 commuters in Potomac Avenue, Hill staffers, lobbyists downtown, you know, it, it, government workers, you know, they're not crackheads. You know, this isn't this isn't Brooklyn in the 1970s. I mean, this is well, not yet, but it's getting there. Um, it's 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 bad and it's going to get worse. Yep. Kind of makes you wonder why you're, you know, hanging out. So uh, the the um, RNC, this is from Politico, oh. Ronna McDaniel wins RNC chair race that grew very messy by the end. And I want to congratulate you, Mike, for your courageous run. It is unfortunate that your campaign didn't get the type of traction that I thought it would. Uh, but uh, here we are, a historic 
fourth term for Ronna McDaniel, who, by the way, announced that she would not be seeking another term and her vote count was a 111 111 and by the way she started that of uh 51 for harmeet dylan and four for the pillow guy right and four for mike lindell yeah bottom line is this is two things about this one is this race never changed from from this new race never changed ever she started off with about 110 commitments she got 111 votes right um in conversations with the voters and I talked to probably about two-thirds of them over the time. In conversations with the voters, there was a sense of resignation. Like, you know what? We are we're we can't possibly pick our meat because she's probably worse. And this is the choice we have, right? And are we back down to I don't, binary choices? Yeah, I don't. I don't. You know, and every any one of the people that I was talking to could have run themselves. Or anybody in the party could have run, any senator, any congressman, any governor, any former anything. Any of these guys could have run. It it it's um it's a testament to two things. One, the the party is the institutional party is not healthy, right? It's not it's not in a good place. That's the thing. One thing two is it's not important anymore, right? Super PACs have become a hell of a lot more important yeah, than the party of as far yep. as the apparatus. But I was incredibly discouraged by the whole damn thing. You know, it's it's um, it's still a it's it is still an element, an arm of what needs to and should be, you know, a a, a properly functioning, uh, you know, RNC party, you know, chair party is still it, it's important that it's healthy because, you know. It helps with the overall health of the party, right? Yeah. Well, so. I, I'd also just say one other thing real quick. Chairman McDaniel made exactly that same promise in 2020. Exactly oh, that, that same promise. she wouldn't run again? She would not run again. That's yeah. exactly the promise she made. And, the, and she made it to all these RNC voters who literally just voted for her. So I'm like, look, you know, I never said this, but I, I'm like, you know, she, she's already reneged on a promise. What makes right. you think she's not going to renege on it again? Right. What the exactly. hell is wrong with you? Ladies and gentlemen, this story ends the same way. Almost every story involving the Republican Party ends for me. If you are giving your money to these people, you are wasting it. Go send it to the little sisters of the poor. They'll actually help people. They'll probably develop more Republican voters than the RNC will. So it, it's 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 discouraging, unsurprising, and dismaying all at the same time okay well i have one more and then i've got a rather long close but i don't know where to edit it because it's just interesting so you know that the uh apparently we are on the on the cusp of of ending all covid emergency type federal type stuff yeah uh, you heard this right yeah, uh, may 11th be may and may we're gonna we're no longer gonna be in a, in a, in a yeah. covid emergency right yeah may 11th yeah yeah so uh we were talking earlier about how much money that the u.s is either giving to companies and or wait otherwise wasting yeah well this was from money wise uh this morning u.s watchdog uncovers 5.4 billion with a B in potentially fraudulent COVID-19 loans obtained using over 69,000 sketchy social security numbers. So um, is, does anyone think you sound that surprised. the government can do a net zero energy? I mean, if you look at how, of how, mind-numbingly wasteful and inefficient and and quite frankly uh you know the government is not good at managing money yeah. period yeah. end of story like how how does anyone put their faith in the united states government to to do anything meaningful and substantive five this is five billion dollars that was just waste like fraudulently handed over it's a rounding error man you know probably by the end of it you're gonna find there's gonna be a hundred a hundred billion that was like not well programmed not didn't get where it's supposed to go etc it it 
they didn't earn the money, so they don't care. I mean, that's just the bottom line, right? Yeah. If you, you know, if you don't earn it, what, you're not going to care. You, you're much less careful about lottery money than you are earned money. That's, yeah, you know. like what do you do to your rental car, right, versus the one you own? Exactly. You just, just you know, it's, it's a totally different, totally different experience if you actually had to work for something. Sorry, did, I, right. did, well, I, did, I, did I just sound like a child of of America of the 1950s? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's fine. We need more of that. Um, okay, well, I'm done. I don't have anything else. Uh, how about you? I do not. All right. All right. So this closer is a bit long, but I didn't really know where to edit. And uh, so I'll run it and I'll just leave it to uh, our listeners to decide whether they agree with said on the street beat reporter about this wonderful month we call February. February is the worst month of the year, but it's an honest month. It's a month that doesn't hold up life any better than it really is. I mean, look around here. These buildings, they, they look like they don't even have any lights in them during a work day. And uh, something great happened here, but it's over with. And that's the way February is. You can see it in the way people walk and how they look. Let's, let's go just check out February. Look around downtown on a February workday. This looks like a place where people who are being punished are sent. If you notice the way people cross the street in February, it's different than in the summer. Nobody is tap dancing or breaking into a Rodgers and Hammerstein song. It's their lunch hour and they're just barely able to get across the street and hunker over a bowl of chili. Carbohydrates are big this time of year. Also, lotions because everybody is itchy and tired and irritable. Even the land is tired in February. Most of the birds who can afford it have gone to Florida. And the, the trees that once cheered us, they're hard to look at this month. It's as if there is some awful truth out there in the trees. It's hiding in the branches. Look at them. Something that's been bothering you for a long time is out there. What is it? You can almost see the shape of it when all the color is gone, but life is stripped down to the starkness of February. To try to hide the bleakness of February, man invented Valentine's Day and also Mardi Gras. But then February answered back with another holiday, Ash Wednesday. What other month could host a holiday that's designed to remind us that we're all going to die? That's February for you. It is bleak, it is honest, and it just tells you the way it really is. My father used to have a saying that if you can live through February, you'll live another year. With a whole other story, I'm Kevin Colleen. <laughs> it's a little bleak. Uh, it's a little bleak, Tom. <laughs> I know. It was great, though. So here's to hoping we get through another February, sir. And a reminder that Ash Wednesday is, I think, the 22nd. The 22nd. Yeah, man. All right. That is a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of your favorite podcast, the Unregulated Podcast is in the books. Namaste. Hey.